Welcome, everyone, to the newest edition of Here in Puckburg, your place for the daring do bad and good puck tales. I am your host, Shaggy Von Doom, otherwise known as Kyle Sullivan. With the newest episode of Puck Tales. Woohoo! And the you know who at the other end of the woohoo is my good friend, Grant from the Locked On Avalanche Twitter Spaces. How are you, my friend? I'm doing well. I'm happy to be here. Thank you for having me. I really appreciate it. <laughs> oh, my friend. It's like, it's an honor. We, how how long have we been doing those Twitter spaces? Like it was like months of like every was, game. I want to say it was. The, I want to say it was the beginning of March, or was it February? Was it March or February? I think it was March, and then we got that garbage time right at the end of the regular season, mm-hmm. and then it was all the every game of the playoffs. Like yeah, it was, that was it, it was a ride. That was, that was a ride. I, I didn't make it to the Stanley Cup ones because my family, we were just, we were having the time of our lives. <laughs> yeah. Oh, did, like, I know, I know Chris, um, tweeted out like the reaction, like the minute 30 reaction of everybody reacting to it live. Um, you got to hear me ugly cry. That was fun. <laughs> we, but, uh, we, we were jumping in my, uh, brother's new house and we thought we were going to break the floor underneath us <laughs> because we're all, we're all jumping as high as we can. And we're just, you know, landing is not the issue here. You know, we yeah. just watched the avalanche win the cup. Yeah. And you know what? Let's, and for everyone who's joining us, um, yes, we're both avalanche fans here. So our, uh, conversation is going to be heavy in the avalanche. Um, let's, before we talk about the current state of the Colorado Avalanche, we always start with everybody's origins with the game. So, Grant, how did you fall in love with the game of hockey? Uh, so I, my, my, I was born in 2001. So mm. that was a, that was a pretty great time to be an Avalanche fan. Uh, my brothers, my brothers played, uh, they played inline hockey. They didn't play, uh, mm. ice hockey. They were into, they were more into, or they were into inline because that was a little bit more affordable for us. But, um, I grew up watching, we had VHS tapes of the, of game seven against the Devils. We, uh, we have Milan Hayduke. We have a Patrick Waugh jersey. Um, but I kind of fell out of love with hockey during kind of like my, uh, six to six to like 15 range because I was more into baseball. I didn't get to, I didn't get to play hockey, but, um, the, for everybody who's from Colorado, the Colorado Rockies, uh, they used to be my favorite team. Um, they're not anymore after very, a lot of heartache yeah. over the years, but, um, hilariously, I became a very hard Colorado Avalanche fan during the season where they only had 48 points. I, really? I became, yeah, I became a fan then. And, uh, I, no, I shouldn't say I became a fan then. I reignited my, uh, fanaticism for them, uh, that year. And, uh, it's been it's been nice. It's been a nice incline over the years compared yeah, talk to... about buying low and then really selling on top right there. Yeah, I got the I got the diamond stonks on lock there. <laughs> that is your stonk aficionado. Yeah. But what what about that forty eight point first, I I can understand your Rockies falling out. Um I I feel for you there. Like I'm a I'm a I used to be a really big baseball fan. I I was a big Atlanta Braves fan. Um, we just won the world series and I completely cashed out of that fandom and, uh, like to the point where they won the world series and I was like, cool. Like I had nothing emotionally tied to that team anymore. So I'm curious when you mentioned falling back in love with the avalanche with that, that terrible, terrible season, why then? Um, I, I couldn't tell you, uh, I actually know. Uh, I can tell you actually. So the Rockies and the Broncos were some of my favorite teams to watch. Uh, just two years earlier, the Broncos got 
defeated 43 to 8 by the Seattle Seahawks. I still remember that day because that was a bad day in our house for us. Bad game. That was, that was not a, that was not a fun time to be a Denver Broncos fan. And so, um, I mean, we watched, uh, we watched the next year and for some reason football just wasn't, it wasn't what I loved anymore. I mean, I loved watching football from like 2010 to like 2015. We had done fantasy in football every single year since then, but it just stopped appealing to me. And baseball and the Rockies were, the Rockies were at an all-time low during the early to mid-2010s. Yeah. Um, but so I, my brother, I think we watched, I think we watched Blackhawks. I think we watched Blackhawks. Um, it was the 2014 playoffs. I don't remember mm-hmm. who the Blackhawks played back then. But I remember watching a game, and I remember going, Man, I love this, I love this hockey thing. It's, you know, it's so fast paced because the last time I was a hockey fan, I mean, I was, I was in diapers. I didn't really, I couldn't, I didn't really remember that. All I remembered was our VHS tapes of game seven and Bork lifting the cup. Yeah. Um, but I remember watching the Blackhawks seat or the Blackhawks winning because my Mm -hmm. sister in law at the time is a Blackhawks fan. Um, and, uh, I just started loving hockey and because I'm a homer, I root for the Colorado Avalanche. Um, I don't bandwagon teams as a lot of people tend to do, but shit. Yeah. yeah, you know, you know, it's kind of that and like there's two points off of that. One, it's cool, especially like starting in the like falling back in love with that really bad team and mm-hmm. then getting to a place that you're now the bandwagon destination. <laughs> yeah. That's kind of cool. And like, when you said like you fell in love with like football, you went through the baseball thing. Like I was, I was right there. Like, oh, and by the way, um, former, um, guest on here, Buckberg Bailey, um, they're dating. Yeah. So you could listen to these two together and it, it makes a nice little pair. Um, yeah. <laughs> just but, as long as like, you don't get our voices confused. Yeah. <laughs> There, there are title screens. We make sure we keep it separate so you can understand. No, but um, I was talking about this with Bailey um, about that fandom, especially like in the South, because like I grew up in Birmingham, Alabama, and like it was hard like growing up because I was not born in '01. Um, it was hard to watch hockey games. It was hard to get a hold of. Like it wasn't mainstream. It wasn't ESPN Plus. It wasn't everywhere. So you would get your hockey games that you were able to find and watch, but then like you would get your college football. And that's, that's what you had. That's what I grew up on. was college football, Auburn football yeah. all year long. And then you would watch your Braves baseball. And then you'd watch like the Christmas day NBA games. And then you'd watch NFL Sunday. Um, I was a Titans fan, still am, but that's a tough last season. <laughs> uh, it's it's tough every season. Like everybody wants to talk about like we're so good, but we haven't done anything ever. We lost the Super Bowl by a yard to Kurt Warner and they made a movie of it. Anyway, <laughs> like I can't um, believe you still remember that. Oh my god. Like, okay, like I know this isn't hockey related, but I'll tell this story. Like my brother, like I'm the oldest of nine kids. So mm-hmm. there's the first six of us are boys. And brother number two, right under me, um, Ironically enough, was a St. Louis Rams fan. So that Super Bowl was huge. And that was like 2000. So we were right at that age where like sibling rivalry was like crank it up on steroids. So mm-hmm. I remember they won in that fashion. And this is like before eBay was what it is now. My brother going on eBay and getting that Super Bowl poster of Kevin Dyson stretching <laughs> and like it had like the score plastered on it and Super Bowl champions. And he put that in our room that we shared. And I had to look at that forever. It's so, so much more me. personal with family. It's oh. way more personal. It's not, it, it's not just about your team winning. It's about who, you know, who gets to make the jokes in the house for the, you know, coming months after. Now he doesn't care about the Rams and I still care about my Titans. I still have a Derrick Henry jersey in the closet, but like, when I would watch football, I'd watch all these other sports, and then I would come back around to hockey. I'm like, this is what I fell in love with. Like, it's worth, like, going to this extra effort, like, finding, like, these illegal streams at the time. Like, I would watch, because it was the local team at the time, I'd watch Predators and Hurricanes games because it was on. And I uh, would, like, predators. look. Ugh. 
please. I know. And like, I would watch like Thrasher's games back when you would go through the guide and you'd see the teams. I wouldn't watch for the Canes, the Predators, or the Thrashers. I would watch who they're playing. Mm-hmm. I'd be like, oh, an Avalanche game. Or back when they were on ESPN the first time, I'm like, oh, we could finally watch the Avalanche. And you would watch it and you would treasure it. And like each one of those games was like the Super Bowl because you didn't know when the next time you would get a regular season game, you might get a playoff game. Like they were broadcasting games randomly on the versus channel, outdoor life. It was hard to find. So like it just kind of like you understood like this game is so much more superior than all these other things I keep interest in. Mm-hmm. I, and it would just, every time you watch it, it was a big event. So it would like, really cement that love and then you really fought for it now you are on that 48 point season mm-hmm. everybody else has kind of let you down team wise oh yeah um and the biggest letdown in colorado well it was one of the worst seasons like the 2013 2014 i think was close to as bad or 12 Oh we, yeah, was, I re- yeah I remember going back. I was watching uh I was watching a YouTube video. I don't remember who the channel was, but it was like, why are the av- before before like 2018? Why are mm-hmm. the Avalanche so you know? Why do they you know? Why do they look like Bitcoin going up and down, up and yeah. down, up and down? <laughs> it's it, you know, and it's funny. Like you fell in love with that that really bad season, and then you got to witness and like fall in love with again. And now see kind of how teams are going to be structured going forward because of like players that you watched on that VHS tape mm-hmm. now running the show. Yeah. Because they had that taste of success. And now we, we talked about bandwagon fans. Like now this is the cool place to come because like you get your stars, you get your depth. It doesn't really matter who's your goalie because they're going to make it work. Like it's like a different style of hockey and it's, yeah. it's so much fun fun to watch it is nerve-wracking though being an avalanche fan i mean even even with darcy kemper even with grubauer in goal yeah. i mean there there were times they'd go up five they'd go up four two and you think well this game's not over and it'd be like four minutes left in the third yeah. you think oh they're still they're still gonna give this one away thanks avalanche it was in the, the bubble they went through grubauer francos michael the hamburglar yeah, uh, we had Hamburglar. I it's easy for like Avalanche fans, like when they talk about goalies, they always talk like Wah. They'll talk Varley, Rubauer, and Darcy. Yeah. They won't talk about like Jean Sebastian Giguer when he came over from the Ducks, and they won't talk about, um, oh, they, Pickard. Were, just, they won't talk uh, about picks. Pickard. And he went to Vegas in the expansion draft. Uh, David Abisher, the replacement for when Wah went away. Like it was, there was some rough, rough times in the goalie oh, yeah. position. But and like you said, it, like it's hard to be an Avalanche fan. But like this year, it was so much different watching the Avs because like they had this swagger, and mm-hmm. like you had this like little confidence in the back of your mind, like you guys do what you're doing because like you swept. Two of the four rounds getting here, like oh yeah, you you keep on doing what you're doing, like you never felt like you were totally out of it. It felt like you were rooting for Hulk Hogan. Yeah. Oh, I did. I didn't grow up with wrestling. That was that was yeah. the one thing I didn't grow up with. That well, was it's, it was it, wrestling. It's like that one thing. Like even like watching a movie, you know mm-hmm. how the outcome is. Like go to watch like an Avengers movie. Like you're like I know. This guy doesn't die. This guy doesn't die because he's in this. Oh. Yeah, it's like, you're like, I know this isn't going to happen. Like, so you can kind of enjoy it and like buy into it at a certain level. But in the back of your mind, you're like, I know they're going to be okay because they also have this. Mm-hmm. And like, that's how it is with like the abs. It's like, I know they're going to be okay because they had a near perfect month already in the regular season. Like they swept Nashville. They swept Edmonton. We're going to be okay. Like they yeah. still have Nathan McKinnon. Like it's, it's crazy to come from that season. You refell in love with the team to where they are now. Yeah. It's, it's, it's a strange one. People always ask, wait, why didn't you just bandwagon? I don't, I don't, I don't bandwagon. 
Unless it's LeBron James, but that's a different story. <laughs> and then, story. especially if you're if you're sticking local to your teams, like you mentioned, like you're you follow your teams kind of around there. Like that's you're not really bandwagoning. Like yeah. now, Denver's starting to become a little bit of a title town with like the Mammoth winning, um, the Avalanche now win. Looks like the Nuggets might be on the upswing. Like they're putting some pieces together. I, I can't tell you there. That's the one. That's the one Colorado team I've never really paid attention to because this might be the year to start buying in. I I just my pro. I mean, obviously hockey podcast, but my my main issue with basketball was after quarantine when we didn't have any sports. So we I watched the Last Dance. I went over to my brother's yeah. my brother's townhouse to watch the Last Dance. Mm-hmm. I just I I was watching that. I was like the fierce defense that people were playing. You know the intense yeah. rivalries. I mean that that I mean that's why that's why there were tons of Avalanche fans in the '90s when they first came here. I mean, you had the Unrivaled documentary that came out yep. just this summer. You know, highlighting the Red Wings and the Avalanche. I think it could have been a little bit better because they kind yep. of ended it abruptly. I felt like <laughs> yeah. like it kind of felt like they just chose like '98 was like. Okay, you know what? We're gonna we're gonna stop after that. We're not gonna pay attention to the fact that the Avalanche yeah. won in 01 and the Red Wings won in 02. That was a little strange, but I mean, the fierce and intense rivalries are what makes sports so fun to watch. And yeah. there's none of that in basketball right now. And it's just kind of, I mean, it's it's nothing like it used to be. You know, yeah. there is no Celtics, Lakers. You know, diehard wheat. You know, we hate yeah. each other. You know, there's no Magic Johnson, Larry Bird clash, which is a it, little unfortunate. And that's something that also, like, being, for lack of a better term, married to the game of hockey as long as I have, like, there's a contingency of hockey fans that miss the golden days of nothing but fights. And, <laughs> like, the rivalries honestly aren't the same. Like, they're, like, for the Avalanche fans, we could say, yeah, we hate the Wild, we hate the Knights, we hate the Blues. Like, if you ask anybody in Boston about that rivalry, they don't care. Yeah, it's it's a little strange. It's a little strange. Like, back at, you mentioned the Unrivaled documentary, like, everybody knew about Avs Red Wings, like, it was appointment television. Like you don't have rivalries like that anymore. No, I think it, I think it not, it doesn't ruin, it doesn't ruin sports, but it yeah. doesn't make them as captivating to watch. Like when you watch, um, like when you would watch like the bulls play the Pistons or even in the, or even, you know, just hearing from players. Like when you hear from Michael Jordan in the last dance where he talks about how, you know, I hated them, yeah. you know, and you see, you see it on his face, you know, his intensity and that burning, you know, drive to win. I'm not saying players don't have that nowadays, but there's no, none of that. Like, I don't need people, you know, being hurt or anything like that. Yeah. You know, there's no reason to take it overboard and, you know, have an unnecessary boarding, you know, for hockey speak, there's no need for an unnecessary boarding. But I mean, it's just the the rivalries nowadays they're more fans clashing with fans yeah. and i think players clash with players yeah and, and like it's interesting but i do i do wish we get a little bit of that old school you know just just raw intensity from people and you i think that has a lot to do with like hockey players going through the hockey machine for so long like you don't get sound bites and quotes you don't get any more of those like I can't hear what he's saying because of the two rings in my ear or Gretzky calling the devil's uh, Mickey Mouse organization. Like you don't get those little sound clips anymore. It's always like, um, the team did great. Wouldn't be here without this team. Like it's, it's great. Like everybody's humble, but it's the same thing. It's like playing like NHL 22 and they only have 16 lines of dialogue for your creative (laughs) player and everybody responds the same way. That's how hockey interviews are now. Oh yeah. It's, it's, I, I, you know, I, I do, I do appreciate the humility of the players because yeah. I mean, that's one of the things that amazes me about hockey players. They played, in my opinion, the most brutal sport. I know there's boxing. I know there's MMA, 
but you know, hockey's hockey's brutal. Yeah. You know, and yet they still, you know, you know, it's more about the team than themselves, and it's more about team chemistry. That's why I think the Avalanche did so well this year because I was catching a I was catching a podcast of uh Steve Dangle's that SDPN is that what they call yeah, it? Yeah, the Steve Dangle Podcast Network. And they were talking about they were talking about the Avalanche and this year's team being one of the best and talent wise, I don't think so. I could be wrong, but I think that team the team chemistry, even when they brought in Manson, they brought in Lecky, and they brought in Cogliano, that team just gelled together and it worked. So it worked so well. And sometimes, you know, it is more about the team chemistry, because I was I was I can't remember who tweeted it, but Someone tweeted about the old St. Louis Blues, like the night and like when Gretzky was with the Blues, they yeah. had gotten so many star-studded, you know, talents, and the team just doesn't pan out. You know, sometimes, you know, you know, sometimes teams just aren't all, you know, they don't have to be an all-star team. Sometimes you just have to have players that work well with one another. And you know, it's funny you mentioned like, is this team like one of the greatest? Like. For everybody watching here in Puckburg, I don't know if you know, but I mean, you probably do, but like my, I'm moonlight here on here in Puckburg. Like my main gig is over on Locked On Avalanche with my good buddy Chris Vaselli. And we have a lot of people like ask that question. Um, is this the greatest Avalanche team of all time? And we're spoiled because we're in the moment. Mm-hmm. Like if you go past that top line, for the Avs in 0196. Can you name a bottom six for those teams? I cannot. I cannot. I can name more Could of the defensemen name... from 01 than I can 96. Could you name the backup goalie behind Patrick Waugh? I cannot, no. Okay. And we, we like to tout, like, they're Hall of Famers on that team. How could you say no? And then it's like, you can't immediately put these guys in the Hall of Fame right now. Like, mm-hmm. you have no idea. Like, we were talking in our uh, – at time of recording, the episode that came out today. Are you retiring any, any numbers from this team? Like, how do you even gauge that right now? Like, Kale McCarr, you, he's already racking up hardware, and he's just getting started. Mm-hmm. Like, Nathan McKinnon, Gabe Laniscog, and Miko all have a cup to their name, so they're now a step above, like, mm-hmm. their, their peers. So this team is starting to become really, really special. And with the deals of Landis Gog, Miko Rantanen, eventually Nathan McKinnon, what we just signed Kale McCarr to. Like, yeah, we've got that top line for the next four or five years. Mm-hmm. You've got Nachushkin on that second line for the next forever. <laughs> yeah. Until, Until the end of his career, away. essentially. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then, like, you have the defense fine. Like you have Bo Byram, like take him or leave him. You have Bo Byram. You mm-hmm. have so many members of this team locked up for a while. And like, it feels like, well, the avalanche got there, but it does, this team's not going away. They're going to be a problem for a while. So when this is all said and done, this could be the 96 and 22. And then Oh one could be right around the corner. And this team's going to be even more special the next go around. Mm-hmm. So, like it's it's hard to say like this team isn't the best and you talked about like emotionally t- uh buying in every clip you see of Jared Bednar talking about this team the man can't get through it without crying yeah <laughs> like the, the voice when do you cracks see that from a hockey funny. coach <laughs> yeah the, you don't see it very often it but the voice cracks that that <laughs> when we were at the parade the voice cracks were getting me because everybody was all emotional and I just couldn't stop laughing cuz I mean he's I mean, every other word, every other word was he went an octave higher. Yeah, but no, yeah, it, it's no, but Glass um, is shattering everywhere. I mean, I'm surprised Civic Center Park still has windows. Um, um, oh my gosh, what are we? But doing? like, even if your coach is like that emotionally bought into the team and where they're going, and like this team, like I think they're still partying and drinking, and the oh, cup's yeah. not even with them. Like, and they're like doing tummy sticks on Instagram and stuff like <laughs> they're like, eating ice cream out of there too. Yeah. It, like EJ, like Kale McCarr posted something. EJ's like, I do 2017 all over again, just for you, Kale. And I'm like, <laughs> what is up with this team? Like they're 
it's it's a super brotherhood and it's like when you saw free agency it wasn't about going out and landing your Jeru's, your Johnny Hockey's, your Mark Andre Fleury's. It was let's get these guys back. Mm-hmm. Let's take care of our own. And in five, ten years from now, is this how things are going to go? It's a question mark. Yeah, it's 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 interesting, and it's like, are we watching the NHL like kind of turn a page? Mm-hmm. It's it's very interesting, and especially like how that St. Louis series ended, like. You talked about a rivalry. They're going to be coming, and it's going to be interesting to see what happens with that because they have been a nuisance the past couple years, and the way they exited with Bennington, that could be something. I I still, I still don't. I mean, I have family who are Blues. My extended family's been in town for for a couple days, and they're Blues fans, and. Uh, my cousin was telling me, you know, oh my god, God, Durant into Bennington. So I, I pull out my phone because I have it saved on Instagram now of Kadri running into him. I say, look who that person who hits him first is. Can you tell me what player that is? Well, it's, they're in a Blues jersey. I said, yeah, you might want to rethink that position there. What do I know? That's, that's former Av Callie Rosen. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. He's, he might want to rethink that. that. <laughs> yeah. No, but back to your point, I, I, I don't, I saw this on Twitter and someone was talking about how nobody's available to be, put their number up in the rafters. I think it should be explicitly clear. You don't have to be a Hall of Famer to get your name put up in the rafters. That's true. I mean, going to other sports, I mean, Todd Helton has his name retired at the Rock. He's the only one other than Larry Walker. Yeah. He's the only one who's got his number retired there and he, you know, for uh, for Colorado people, he's a Hall of Famer. In yep. the eyes of the MLB, maybe not. And I, I, someone, someone was talking about Chris, like you know, the Colorado air, and like EJ doesn't belong on there. I mean, you know, it, you know, you don't have to be, you don't have to be the next Kale McCarr if you make an impact in your organization and your town and your city. Because Eric Johnson's a name that people, you know. You know, some people who are fans back in 2010 are like, "Oh wow, he's still with the Avalanche. I love that guy." You know, it's that's a that's a fantastic point, Grant. Like when we had the discussion on the show, I was kind of like, "It's going to be Kale, and that's it," because Mm -hmm. like he's generational. You're Mm going to look back with everybody else faded, but like even Chris, he brought up the point. Do you see anybody else wearing the six after this? And I was, it's just weird, like. And I, I, compl- I flipped my point because I said it's still weird to see somebody wear the 11 and it's not Matt Calvert. And he wasn't that, like, mm-hmm. he wasn't that great of a talent, like, in the grand scheme of things w- when it came to how this Avalanche team is built. But there's nobody else that's going to wear a six. So that, yeah. you, you got to put that in the rafters. And he meant a lot to this team. Yeah, he did. He's, he's, he's been with the team a, a long time and he took, you know, you know, there's that there's that interview of him saying he would have retired. You know, yeah. he did he did have two hip surgeries. I mean, he he devoted everything to coming back, and you know, and you and with his horse racing, he doesn't need to play. Yeah, it's not like he needs this for a paycheck. Like he's no. he's doing just fine. So no. he's yeah. doing this because that emotional buy-in. Mm-hmm. And I'm you, so I just don't I just don't like you know. Everybody wants to latch on to Hall of Famers and, you know, people who, you know, people who break the heart voting because that's, that's essentially what draws people. That's why, mm-hmm. that's why the uh, NHL absolutely loved Edmonton Avalanche because you had Kale McCarr, the most up, uh, the, the most, the newest kid on the block for defensemen. Yeah. You know, going up against Connor McDavid. And then you still have people like, you know, Nathan McKinnon and Leon Dreisleidel. And, uh, you know, I mean, Nathan McKinnon's going to put his na- number up there. It doesn't matter if he doesn't win a heart. It doesn't matter yeah. if he doesn't win, you know, a Lindsay or a Rocket Richard or any of those. I mean, it's mostly about what you mean to your team. You know? Yeah. And ironically enough, Kale McCarr took the eight from Santa's Ozo Lynch. I know. <laughs> so nobody ever talks about Ozo anymore. It's all Kale McCarr. You see the eight, that's all you think of now. Oh, yeah. So unless uh, unless you're a real old school fan, you have OG. to you have to be you have to be back a while there. Yeah, it's like uh, Nuke. I always think of, I, when he first started, I was like, oh, that's Dead Marsh. But oh yeah, 
I don't even think about Zed Marsh now, and he was one of my favorites. And we, we were talking about buy-in and something that I got to experience. Like, the first time we were winning cups, I was not able to participate. Like, I get all my 0196 Stanley Cup merch off eBay. Mm-hmm. Talk to me about Stanley Cup champion merch. Oh. What do you What do you like? What do you don't like? What did you get? I got well, obviously the hat. Kyle's got it in his mm-hmm. background too. Um, I got the hat. I got two shirts, and I got some stickers that I plan on putting on something. I'm probably going to put it on my laptop. Um, mm-hmm. but I ordered those the day after the Avalanche won the Stanley Cup because I thought, you know what, better order it now before it becomes too late. Um, and uh, and uh, they just arrived today. Today is like late in July. They were they arrived like July like 12th, and I was like. Man, they're really, they're really rushing to get this out, yeah. aren't they? But I, I mean, even in, even in Colorado, even in the Denver area, I mean, it was hard to get stuff. I, rem- yeah. I was watching, uh, I went over to Dick's Sporting Goods because I was looking for some, uh, just hockey tape hilariously. And, you know, they, there was this huge table full and I had already ordered my stuff, so I didn't want to get another one. But I mean, I went in there and it was, you know, the table was full and I left like an hour later, you know, cause you got to play with a hockey stick when you're in Dick's Sporting Goods. Yeah, and, and, and they were mostly gone. It was, you know, the hats were, these hats were sold out in more places than, you know, the shirts. I mean, the shirts were still selling, but the hats were completely gone. Some of the hoodies were completely gone. I didn't think they, I don't think they realized how many people wanted this stuff. You know, yeah. when you go 21 years without winning something, you know, everybody's going to capitalize on it. And, and I was kind of very particular with what I was getting. Like I got their, the one that they wore their Stanley cup shirt. They wore when they were lifting the cup. I mm-hmm. wanted that. And I got that hat. Grogu's wearing it behind me. <laughs> um, because it, I have this thing about white hats. Like I always feel like, Every time I touch the bill, it looks, I feel like I'm making it dirty and it's just this thing. It's why I'm always wearing my HDA hat. Um, <laughs> but the two other shirts I got, there was one like burgundy one that had every jersey on the back. That, that's a great one. That's a great I, shirt. I wanted to remember this team forever. Mm-hmm. So I, I purchased that one and there's a white one because one, championship white t-shirts are primo mm-hmm. i always love them like you would get them with your sports illustrated uh subscription every year if you bought like the super bowl champion like you in uh subscribe now you get the super bowl champion shirt and it was always white i was yeah. like this is primo but i got that and on the back <laughs> it's got everybody's like digital signature oh yeah so i got that one but Thankfully, I didn't have to wait that long, and everything was correct. I've been seeing a lot of people post about what they've been getting instead from Fanatics, and yeah, it's I've, been... I've heard the Fanatics shop has been the worser, the the lesser out of the two. I saw I'm... somebody got the three dates on their shirt. It was 1986-01-2022. Oh, that, yeah. We saw a bunch of those at the, we saw a bunch of those at the parade. That's, those were cool shirts. I was like, wow. <laughs> yeah i want to go get back i want to get them but i mean i i didn't just start getting paid until recently so That's true and it's and, and now it's see like i mentioned like college football growing up with that that was one of the good things about having a local team like i was an auburn fan we were never alabama and what you would do was wait for one good i say good but it was like a basement dwelling year for the auburn tigers and then you would spend every Saturday going to the thrift store and you would get every bandwagon fan throwing all of their Auburn stuff and donating <laughs> it. And you'd go in there and get it for like a buck, two dollars. I'm like, I would just start getting stuff with tags. I was like, yeah, let's go. You're like, and yeah, I paid full price for this. <laughs> just wait, five, five, ten years, everything you've ever wanted from this Stanley Cup will be donated somewhere and you can make Pillowcases and bedspreads and sheets. Like I, 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 the one thing I want from the previous years, I'm really gutted at myself for not getting it, is I really want the reverse retro from last year. The reverse retro from last year, that 91 Cadre back there. I love that jersey. 
it's so it's so simple and it looks so great. It really and I think they're bringing it back. I heard they're coming out with a second wave. I, I definitely could hope, be wrong. I hope they flip it. Oh, the, the wait, how how so wait, what do you mean flip it? Go maroon and white Florida Lees. Ooh. That'd be interesting. I, I, I love the white jerseys, but I've loved the jerseys they came out with recently. They've been, yep. they've looked so great. And I think this like current avalanche style, which is like in the background with the piping, mm-hmm. I think this is, it's going to be the gold standard for avalanche jerseys. Like we're not going back to the 90 evers. That style's not coming back even like in a reverse night or a I retro miss- night. I do miss the bit, the Yeti patch though. I do miss the, the Yetis. Yeah, Chris is a big proponent of bring back the Yeti foot. But it doesn't uh, really, it doesn't really, it doesn't really, you know, a lot of people would look at that and be like, what does that have to do with an avalanche? And see, like, cause I've been a fan since like day one of the avalanche <laughs> and I used to have an avalanche hat. It was fitted. I got it from the East Bay catalog. That'll date me a little bit, but, um, it had the Avalanche logo on this side, and on the fitted part, it had the foot, oh. and it was maroon. I mean, it was burgundy, but everywhere I went, this was like oh two, oh three, oh four. Everybody kept confusing it for North Carolina. <laughs> that's that's tragic. And because that was uh, North Carolina's, they had a really really good run during that time. Everybody's like. Why, why you got a Tar Heel hat in Burgundy? I'm like, and I'd spin it around. I'm like, it's not. Don't make assumptions about things you don't know. You don't even like, know. Oh, I'm joking. They know. Yeah, it was, it was like, it was weird. So I wonder if that had something to do with it. Because if you put the two logos side by side, the Yeti foot and the, the Tar Heels, Tar Heel logo, mm-hmm. other than the Tar Heel, it's practically the same. Yeah. It's, it's a little strange. It's a little strange, that one. And we don't have the, we don't have Howler, the mascot anymore. It's Bernie. So yeah. we don't even have the Yeti anymore. <laughs> they should just, they'll just put a dog paw. They'll just put a little dog paw. <laughs> so dog paw. Like you can buy the Bernie jersey. Oh, um, you can? I didn't know that. Yeah. You, um, Altitude uh, Authentics, you can buy the Bernie jersey and it's got Bernie and it's the number one is a dog bone. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. I'll say, I'll, I'll try to find, I'll try to find more Kale McCarr. Or jerseys. I'm trying to get it, Bailey to get her darn Devon Taves jersey after that that, that I've, deal. Yeah, I've I've been. I kept telling her that's exactly what she needs to do. It would be it would be perfect. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. But it's what well, I need to get a McDermott jersey. Oh, you gotta you gotta make that custom. <laughs> There was a dude, no lie, at the uh, New Jersey Devils game that me and Chris went to up in New Jersey in a away, like the dude planned for this, like in a away Avalanche jersey, Curtis McDermott. He was there, like I got there like three hours early. Oh, wow. He was there with a sign waiting for McDermott. <laughs> that's that's commitment. That's real And he commitment. got scratched that night. That that is criminal. That yeah, is we, criminal. <laughs> I saw him and I took a picture and I sent it to Chris. I was like, he's going to get a huge kick out of this. Uh, and I was like, hey, your fan base is already here. Where are they, where are you, man? And uh, Chris is like, I how did he even get that jersey? He's like, I can't believe it. And then I met up with him and it was probably an hour or two before the game. I got a notification on my phone that McDermott was scratched, and I was like, well. <laughs> Sucks for him. <laughs> that was a real gut punch, I bet, for him. Oh, I, I bet. And, like, he was legitimately a huge McDermott fan. And, you know, like, I I was in the regular season. Mm-hmm. Like, we didn't see a bit of him in the playoffs, but we signed him, too. Yeah. And he could be something in this next upcoming season. Yeah, he could be. I... Because they're trying to land Kadri, and they got McKinnon next year. I thought they were going to trade him away. They wanted to secure a two-year extension to trade him away to try to get one of those two. Well, I know McKinnon's still with us for another year, but I thought they might try to extend him with trading away McDermott. And uh, I thought McDonald was going to go. 
Because they, they re-signed him. They re-signed him too. They did a. I don't. I don't. Sackick and um McFarland. McFarland. That's his name? Yeah. Yeah. It was a weird take because I totally understood. You know, re-signing Lekkinen, re-signing Natrushkin, and re-signing Manson and Cogliano and Helm. Who else? They re- no, they didn't re-sign anybody else. Jack Johnson's still kind of up in the air. But they re-signed McDonald to two years, which I thought was interesting. You know what was even more interesting while we're sitting here? Well, at time of recording, by the way, uh, I know we talked about this in the episode with Adrian uh, Guffy Chan with the Stand with Nas campaign. Uh, at time of recording, Nas still does not have a jersey. He does not have a home. He is still a free agent. And uh what I found very funny and interesting was during this whole, as we're still waiting and we're in limbo, I get a notification and like on my phone, it's just like, it cuts off avalanche sign. And I'm like, is it finally happening? And I scroll Cal Burke. Yeah. I, what a strange <laughs> signing. Like, sure. One more year. <laughs> we, we kept him here. Yeah. <laughs> Colorado Eagles. It's like they didn't steal them away. What a, how incredible. It's, it, it's been a weird off season because, you know, there was, there was tons of talks that Giroux, I mean, even, even back at the trade deadline, there were talks about Giroux coming to the avalanche. And I am so happy we did not pick him up. I am real happy that we did not pick him up. I'm on the flip side of that. If we would have picked him up, I would have bought that jersey. I would (laughs) have. I would have mortgaged off one of my legs. Like, <laughs> like it's, it's, it's like, it's Nas, it's Frankie. Uh, like, I love Sampo. Like, those are my three mm-hmm. current players, but like, Nas is my favorite player in the entire game. Wherever he goes, I will, like, I will cheer for him wherever he goes. If he goes, like, to a rival, it's going to be hard, but like, I respect Nas a yeah. thousand percent. Um, Johnny Hockey's the same way. Like, I love his play, his style. And if he would have came, he's not going to be number 13, but whatever Jersey he would get, I would own that. And that would be on my wall. He is that level. Like I would have that same celebration. Like when Nas got here. Yeah. Yeah. That was a weird one. That Johnny hockey for 12 mil. That was a lot. Like I get it. He is a great player, but 12 million. I don't even think McKinnon's going to sign. I think McKinnon will be in the 10-11 range. I don't even think he'll be even up there. And the the super dagger with that, and, like, I could talk about it here because this is my safe spot. Like, those who know, I'm a Devils fan. Like, I'm a legit, like, undercover Devils fan. And, like, <laughs> his interview on Spitting Chicklets when he's like, we were getting a deal done with New Jersey, and then Columbus called. Oof. If Johnny Hockey would have went to New Jersey, like they would went from they're putting together a really solid team right now. Mm-hmm. This would have like just fast forwarded that rebuilding process by two years, and they would be in the playoffs making noise. They'd be like the Rangers, mm-hmm. um, especially with Vanacek back there. Like they could be making some noise, and like it just broke my heart. I was like, I have been cheering for these devils to do something and make something happen. And like, they were right there and Columbus mm-hmm. of all places steals him away. Yeah. That's a, it's a, who's got more money in there. That devil's team's a weird team too. They, they've got, cause when they went, I was watching NHL tonight when they signed Palat, yeah. um, they got a really strong defensive core. They but do. that forward, that Four, those top four, the top two on the forwards, Nico Heischer's there, and I'm not sure I've even seen him play for the last. Year. I haven't seen him really been the second round pick. You know, you know, ob- it's it's hard to compare. Yeah. You know, because we have Elias Pettersson and Kale McCarr coming out of that same draft. So when you think of you know, because um, I I watch this all the time, how like t- three teams pass up on Kale McCarr. Yeah, you know, and Nico Heischer's right there. You know. It's it's a strange one that how you know just two picks just two picks. He sure has had injury problems and the rise of Jack Hughes. It's almost like a Nathan McKinnon Landeskog thing. Like mm-hmm. Landeskog's good, but this Nathan McKinnon guy's on another planet. Same thing with like Jack Hughes is on another planet. He sure's good, but he's had injury problems last year, and it's like every time he 
gets right there about to catch some momentum, he has a setback. And it's like, it's, it's very frustrating, but like if that devil's team, if they could put that team on paper in every game, Mm -hmm. they're good. They would be incredible, but they have, they have some things to work on. And like, what's going on? Like they have Liddy Ruff as their head coach and they just got Burnett who just was coaching in Florida. Yeah. As an assistant, the president trophy winning. I'm like, okay, sure. Whatever. Yeah, let's go. Let's go with option number. Let's go with option number one here. The guy who doesn't have a you know a, a decent resume. Yeah, I'm like, okay, sure, cool, it's, it's, whatever it's, it's, works for you, Devils. It's a strange but. time in the NHL. Some things you look at and they just don't make sense. Like when when the Vegas Knights traded with the Hurricanes for Pacioretty for future consideration. Like who? Which board member on the Knights looked at that trade and went, "Yep, good idea. Here's my stamp of approval." Here you I go. I guarantee you, you couldn't pull that move off in NHL if you did it like in franchise mode. It no. wouldn't let you. No, I don't think they would. I mean, even even you know, you know, it, at least other teams gave up. You know, when Matt Duchesne got traded to Ottawa, at least they gave up some pretty good assets for him. I mean, you know, und- unbelievable. And. Wouldn't you know, Ottawa's doing better without him. Like, they're putting together a pretty beefy team up there. Yeah. Yeah. They're, it's weird. I, the black, I, the Blackhawks are my sleeper team because uh, my yeah. sister-in-law is a fan of Blackhawks. And the two players that I always loved was Seabrook and their defense, they were defensive pairmen for the longest time, were Duncan Keith and Brent Seabrook. And both the, are gone. Yeah, I know they're both gone, which is which Tampa is. Tampa Bay's still paying for Seabrook. I know it's that that's so that's still strange to me. <laughs> and and Blackhawks are playing Duncan Keith in the next two years, but um, <sighs> but seeing what the Blackhawks became, oh my goodness, I yeah. can't. How how what a fall from grace that was really. 2015, everything went downhill after that. And we, I talked about that with uh, Justin MC on. On uh, one of these episodes of Pucktails, um, he's a Blackhawks fan. And I was like, this is, it's a great opportunity to re-fall in love with the team and where this team is going because I can't think of a more, like, just clean house rebuild than what the Blackhawks are doing right now. Like, yeah. it might pay off eventually because you're doing this now while by the time the Blackhawks are coming up, like Colorado will be aging out of this team. Like yeah. Minnesota will be aging out of their team. Vegas will already be a dumpster fire. No, um, hopefully. Seattle, they're going yeah. to be really good. Not if now. Can, if they can put like it together, though. Three or four years, that team is going to break some hearts. Yeah. yeah. I think they're going to be Vegas, but like on a reverse timeline. Yeah, I I have this conversation with people all the time because Bailey and I were talking about the expansion draft and the Kraken mm-hmm. and the Knights coming in, and Bailey's of the opinion that expansion teams should suck. I have the of other opinion where I want expansion teams to be good, even though the Knights are kind of a crappy organization. I still I still think it's better to have an expansion team do well because mm-hmm. if you're really trying to build up. A, because the NHL has been trying to build up a hockey profile in Vegas. They've been, they tried to do that for a long time before. Yeah. Even in the, just in, you know, down in the South, they tried to build it up. They and had, having the Vegas Knights be, oh, sorry, go ahead. No, no, they had Gretzky play an outdoor game in the 90s in Vegas. Oh, yeah. And, you know, just having the, having the Knights go to the Stanley Cup final in their second year is, you know, it's, there's nothing better than that. The problem was, and I noticed this because I have a couple of friends out in Seattle from high school, they didn't want to go to a game because they didn't want to spend, you know, $100 to go watch a team lose unless, you know, it was the Avalanche because, you know, yeah. they wanted to go watch the Avalanche play. And it's just, you know, it's much more entertaining for a new market to have a good team than a team where you just go, yeah, they'll probably lose. We won't go unless the tickets are on, like, sale for, like, 20 bucks. And, you know, I... <laughs> I hear everybody say like, well, Vegas got handed a great team and then Seattle, they get, I, I honestly feel like that whole draft, that expansion draft and how that team was put together, I feel like it was completely done on purpose because of what Vegas is. Mm-hmm. Like they can't put a team on the ice. They're overpaid. Yeah. Um, like that team is broken. Like 
it's like putting in a cheat code or using your game shark. Yeah, you could get like invincibility, but your game crashes all the time. Oh yeah. Like, that's kind of what Vegas is. Like you got to the cup, but you can't put a team on the ice. Like it's, you can't do it. And Seattle drafted like, we're an expansion team. We're not trying to win the cup right now. We're trying to build a team mm-hmm. and they're building the team the right way. Like for the long term. Yeah. I, I, I agree with that. I can agree with that. Yeah. So this is like one of those, like you fell in love with the avalanche at their lowest. Mm-hmm. Like for Kraken fans, if you really want to enjoy that cup, like we just did, buy in now. Love this team now because it's going to pay off. Yeah. You your draft, how you've been handling the entry draft, Chef's Kiss, how you've been picking up free agents left and right that everybody gives up on. Beautiful. That they have a great Berkey arena. Sign- that Burakovsky signing was a little strange though. That I was feel like that's strange. exactly what he needs. Because what'd he get? What was it? Was it seven million? I think it was five five. Was it five five? I thought I saw a seven somewhere on that deal. But it's... that one was strange. Because if they signed, because they signed Burakovsky for five mil, I was, I kind of scratched my head. I was like, did the Avalanche just not talk to him at all? Because I get they they spent big money on Nachushkin, grab getting Nachushkin back, and rightfully so. I think he's. There's been a lot of talk about him probably being maybe being a one season wonder. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't see that because he's been gradually progressing through his three through the past three years in Denver. Um, and you know, going from a fourth line player to a second line or first line player in a, a year is you know pretty darn good. You don't just you know that doesn't really happen. Yeah, especially when you have Landeskog, Rantanen, and McKinnon on your first line. Um. But that it was weird to me that they didn't even attempt with Burakovsky unless he just did not want to stay in Denver anymore, which is, you know, I I feel happened. like the I feel like the Avs felt like they did with Jost, and they're like, we've seen all we can, like we've seen him at his best. We kind of see his average. We're not buying into that, and I feel like Berkey going to Seattle, where there's really no expectations. Like you're not building for a cup. You don't have Nathan McKinnon breathing down your back every chance you have. Like you make a mistake. Like you don't have him barking at you. Mm-hmm. I feel like Berkey's gonna flourish up there. I think it, he might. He might go the Don Scoy route though, because both of them, the two of them, they're real. They're real. You know, hit or miss. You know, if they are on fire or not there. Like, Donskoy fit in, like, he was like Grubauer, fit in really good with how the Avs were doing, moved somewhere, did not have the Avs around him, and didn't have that talent to carry. Berkey does. Like, there's a reason why he's been in the game for so long. He's got two rings. Like, I feel like with that release of pressure, change of scenery, like, Mm -hmm. I feel like he's going to have a pretty good year. And he might be one of those that a couple years down the road, like, I wish we didn't let him go because that version of Berkey would be really good with his team right now. Oh yeah. But I think Donskoy was also a system forward too. I think Bednar's system played I think I think it happens for a lot of players because I mean it seems that Bednar's system really allows for a Donskoy and even a Brandon Sod to, you know, kind of, you know, flourish at that position i mean because donskoy was a net presence for a while yeah and so was sod i mean sod son has made his career around the blue paint you know i miss i miss i miss brandon sod yeah i do i do too and you know honestly he's got a laundry list of teams that also say the same thing columbus being one of them like he's missed everywhere he goes what a strange player just i mean you know blackhawks columbus blackhawks avalanche i bet there was another team in there at some point too and it's like everybody can gather around the fire and tell brandon sod stories it's like you remember that time we had brandon sod and oh but he used to do this for us and oh but he did this for us and and he doesn't care about anybody. He just yeah. keeps on doing his thing. <laughs> I, I'm pretty sure Blackhawks fans can't stand him for going to the Blues. I mean, it's one thing to go to the Avalanche because, you know, there's not the fierce rivalry that there is with the Blues. I don't think Blackhawks fans appreciate him much. I don't think Avalanche fans are too happy that he's a Blue either. No. 
I still like him. I still, I still, I still like him. When he score, when he scores, I still, I still cheer. And just when anybody else on that blue team scores, I couldn't care less. Unless it's Tarasenko, I don't mind Tarasenko all that much. Who knows? Might be a future Av. Who knows? <laughs> he's he's still out there floating. He's still UFA. Oh no, oh, he will yeah. be next year. He will be next year. Oh, he's not. I thought they were. I thought the Blues were looking to trade him away. I heard something about that. That the Blues were hearing offers for Tarasenko. When this episode drops, if you want something to look at while you're sitting on the porcelain throne for reading, pull up 2023 UFAs. My God. It is extreme. Like Nathan McKinnon, Tarasenko, there's a laundry list of huge names out there. If you thought free agency 2022 was fun, buckle up. It's going to be the Wild West next year. I'm worried for the avalanche because I don't, I think McKinnon's going to, I mean, McKinnon deservedly so. I mean, you know, there's the, you know, he took a, he took a pay cut for the avalanche to, you know, build this team and it's, you know, it is his team, you know, really kind of is, but he took a pay cut and I don't think after, you know, doing so well that he's going to take another one. I Think his, it'll be eleven. I don't see him pushing twelve though. His best friend is Sidney Crosby. Sid has been a penguin when he had every reason not to be. I feel like McKinnon's gonna follow suit. Oh. Could you imagine Sidney Crosby and Nathan McKinnon on a team on a line? That would be that'd be fun to watch. That'd be a fun hockey game to watch. Yeah, that's a good point. They're the best friends. Like they're always like hanging out and they're not gonna do anything. They're gonna be like Trading Pokemon cards and like, <laughs> the holographic Charizard. That's like, what they're come on, guys, do something. <laughs> but well, well I mean, they, they've they've contrasting play styles though, because Sidney Crosby's down at the he's down in the paint, and McKinnon's kind of a winger, a winger. Slapper. Almost like they practice together in the off season. It's like those two pieces together would be great. That'd be that'd be amazing. I if Sidney Cross, I it's never gonna happen. Don't get me wrong. The Penguins have Sidney Crosby for life because he's going the Mario Lemieux route. But if the Avalanche had ever got Sidney Crosby, I would that it would take ten seconds for me to find that jersey. Yeah, I mean, it, you know, I love Sidney Crosby. He's he was he was my favorite player when the Avalanche. You know, you know, I mean, I I liked McKinnon, I liked Landeskog, but I mean, Sidney Crosby was, you know, I, you know, he's he's everybody's cheater. Yeah, and that Timmy Hortons, double Timmy Horton deal. <laughs> that is get, that is a great commercial, too. You especially get 10 bits when, for the rest of your life. Yeah, that is a great commercial, especially that year that McKinnon was uh, drafted. Yeah. That, uh, old, that old, old one, too. It's great. Or when they were in the drive-thru together. I'm not going to keep you here all night. I want everybody who's listening – I want you all to go and find Grant and follow him and thank him for coming on. Yeah, thank you. And thank you for having me on. How do people go about doing that? Throw out your socials. Oh, uh, ooh, I don't actually remember my socials. I don't. What is, what is your socials? It's I like, don't remember. It's, it's, I think one of them's Foster15. Yeah. So one of them's Grant underscore Foster underscore fifteen because underscore Foster fifteen was yep. taken, and then Instagram. I don't post much. I just I just retweet PC giveaways trying to win one. Uh, and then the other one's Grant underscore Foster fifteen. That one I got before yep. other people. Grant that one underscore I got Foster fifteen. By the way, um, it will be tagged in the socials for this episode. So if you're listening and want to go follow this wonderful gem of a man. You will go check out the social posts, but Grant, I'd like to thank you for coming on. And this is your first time listening to here in Puckberg. If you'd like to follow the show on Twitter, it's H Puckberg on Instagram. It's here underscore in underscore Puckberg. We're also on YouTube. You can see me wearing season one merch. It's, it's dusty and old, but go so get it I. now. Go get yeah. it now. We have the store. It's on the, it's, um, it's on the link tree. So follow go. that and you can find us everywhere. Do you want people to do you want to talk to people about the other the other merch store? Not we're getting there. Oh, no that, not not that one yet. Not that one yet, but that's Okay. Stay tuned to the socials. 
There you go. Yeah. I got I got you keeping people around. They're gonna be like, what is he talking about? What's going on? Yeah. That's how, that's how you know. grab people back. That's how you grab that's people right. back. That's what we call in the podcast business a tease. Um, <laughs> everyone but, hates those. They everyone <laughs> every fan hates a tease. They're just tell us now. Just tell us. You could or like the Ryan Seacrest, like on American Idol, where he's always like, and we'll get the results. After the break. Oh, God. Those commercials are the worst. <sighs> they're long ones, too. They're not, you know, they're not the short commercials where no, you know, they're funny. They're the long commercials about, you know, some drug, you know, you know, an important drug that helps, you know, people in need, you know. You have trouble breathing? Well, it's going to give you diarrhea. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's going to give you these 10 other side effects so you can <laughs> fix one. <laughs> Love it. But Grant, thanks for coming on. Everybody, thank you for joining us. This is, uh, congratulations, Grant. Was this, is this your first podcast you've ever done? Yeah, but I'm used to, I'm used to talking. I, I had a YouTube channel way back. Well, you have successfully, I just watched it tick. You have successfully become the longest episode of here in Puckburg. Woo! Uh, wait, did Bailey not go an hour? She sure did not. Mm-hmm. So. When when we wrap up recording, you go say, "Hey, I have the longest episode of here in Puckburg." I'll and definitely like, have to bring that up. I'll hundred percent bring that up. She won't You're be happy welcome. with that. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you everyone for listening this week, and thank you again to Grant for coming on and joining and sharing his Puckdales. And you can all join us again next week for another episode of Here in Puckburg. <laughs>